Welcome to Waymaker Church Podcast. The heart of the house is that these messages would help you to encounter, live for, and advance the kingdom of God. Enjoy this week's message. It's my pleasure this morning to introduce you guys to Pastor Ty Buckingham. You want to go ahead and come on up? Now you guys give him a hand as he's coming today. Super excited. He spoke at uh, youth camp this last week and uh, did a phenomenal job there. And so, man, we're just excited to have you. All right, man. But hey, man, man, love you guys. Uh, Here's uh, here's the thing. Um, I always think it's awkward when we got to pretend like we know each other. You might not know me. So here's we're going to get to know each other. So my name is Ty Buckingham. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am married. I've been married for around eight years. No clapping. That's fine. Um, That's fine. Um, And here's the thing. When I was first married and I was speaking somewhere, people were so excited. Standing ovations, thunderous applause. And what I'm learning uh, this morning is that nobody cares. Uh, but it's fine. But here's the thing. What I do know people care about are kids. And so for a very long time, people were always asking us over and over again, when are you going to have some little pastors, when you going to have some little kids? And we told them for a very long time, we told them the same answers. I'll tell you what we told them all the time. They say, hey, when are you going to have kids? And we say, we do not know, but we practice all the time. Praise Jesus. Okay. <laughs> if you're married and you don't think that's funny, you just need more practice. All right. And so, but uh, practice worked out. And so now we have a baby. I think we have a picture. Yeah, there's my wife and my son, Moses. Uh, he is like nine months old and he crazy. Uh, he crazy. Uh, so, but he's super good. Uh, he's super awesome. But uh, you can put that down. Otherwise, I'll be distracted the whole time. But, um, but here's what I love is uh, I, I'm going to talk to you about a subject of Holy Spirit and how he comforts us. And so I, I love talking about Holy Spirit so much. I wrote two books about Holy Spirit. And anytime uh, you want to go deeper in what we talk about today, I want to encourage you to check out books afterwards. And what's really cool is every book sold goes to a helping a child in need. Mine. Okay? And so that's it. Uh, no, but here's, I want to tell you a story that is real. Uh, it's very real, actually, is when I was six years old, I was on a plane that caught on fire. And not a plane on fire, a plane on fire. Pretty big difference from here to here. So I'm six years old. I'm on a typical uh, white person vacation, uh, which is this, where you go anywhere and you get sunburned no matter what. And so that happened, uh, but we didn't have any money growing up. And so we went, to, we went to Florida, but we didn't go to Disney World. We didn't go to Disney like market. We just went to the Disney store, looked around, and bought nothing. That was my childhood. Thank you, Mom and Dad. But, you know, shout out to them. And so, we you know, we do that. We didn't have any money. So we wrap up our, our vacation, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, we're going from, from Florida to Michigan, where we lived at the time. We're about to get on a flight after our vacation's kind of over, and we realize they say there's going to be a really big storm later in the day, but we're not worried about it because we have an early flight. Uh, we're, we're ready to get, get on the plane. It's, you know, it's me, my stepdad, my mom, and my sister, and so we're about to get on the plane, and then a, a flight attendant comes out and says, hey, we're so sorry, but your flight has been delayed six hours, and we're frustrated. We're, we're upset, and so even, even then, I was six years old. I'm asking questions like, mom, what, what's going on? They end up finding out. The reason why they canceled the flight was because some of the seatbelts weren't working on the plane. Now, number one, I don't know how that happens. Number two, I will fly home tomorrow. And when I fly home, every time I put that seatbelt on on a plane, I do it somewhat sarcastically. Because I've never seen it like this. I've never seen like breaking news. A plane has just crashed into a mountain. Everyone died but one person. He was the only one wearing a seatbelt. Like, no way. Like a seatbelt, no seatbelt. If I'm on a plane tomorrow and it crashes, I'm gone. But so we're, we're delayed for about six hours. We're about to board the plane again, finally. Uh, you know, storms kind of come in, but it's okay. And then we, uh, we're about to get on the plane one more time. And then they come out again and they say, hey, we're so sorry. But once again, we have to delay this flight. Another plane issue. Uh, it's going to be another seven hours. 
And you might be wondering, like, what kind of airline would do this to you? But here's the thing. I don't want to put any kind of airline down. I don't want to give any bad reputation to any airline. So I'm going to make up a fake name for the airline, all right? We're going to call it uh, Spirit Airlines, okay? <laughs> yep, because it was. Okay, and so, but for real, you know, you get what you pay for. When you spend $8 on a flight, you get an $8 flight. And so, but eventually, we're about to get on the plane. It's about 3 in the morning, and my mom has the tickets. There's four tickets. Three of them are together in the middle of the plane. One of them is in the very back of the plane, right in front of the bathroom next to a stranger. And as the favorite child, I was given the toilet seat, okay? And so, um, I, and I was pumped. I was like, this is like, I'm six years old. I'm like, I'm a man now. I take my ticket, like manhood to me at a six-year-old. I'm like, I'm going to sit by myself on a plane. So I go to the back of the plane, and there's this lady, and I'm going to be real with you. As a six-year-old, I looked at her, and I believed that she had died, okay? Um, she had not aged well. And she was like, doing one of these, wasn't breathing. I was so scared. I'm yelling at my mom in the front. I'm like, mom, like, I need to go. Like, this lady's dying. And my mom's like, if you don't sit down right now, you are going to be the dead woman. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But so I sit down, the, the, flight, the flight takes off. And typically, uh, if you've never flown before, typically to get from, from takeoff to cruising altitude, it takes a good 15, 20 minutes to get up there. But about eight minutes into the flight, all of the sudden, the lights turn off on the plane. And I, it, was, it was kind of fine. I was like, this is interesting. Uh, oh, and I forgot to tell you, at the same exact time, the engines turned off on the plane. So it goes from very loudly going upwards to going very silent, and all of a sudden I feel like this, then my stomach starts to lift up in me, and a miracle of God happened. Oh my goodness, won't he do it? The dead was raised. The woman has come back to life. <laughs> And I was like, oh my goodness, now I'm sitting next to a zombie lady, and I'm like, I'm freaking out, I'm so nervous, I'm like, well, I'm going to die, and she said something to me I'll never forget as long as I live, and she said this, she said, hey, don't worry, we're just gliding. <laughs> okay, uh, like, I might have been six, but I wasn't stupid, because I know that gliding is just another way to say that you are falling, and we, I end up grabbing a little pillow that they used to give you, I shove it into my face, and I got saved 787 times. Like, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus in every way possible. I gave my life to Jesus, and I was like praying, like, God, I give you my mom, I give you my dad, do whatever with my sister, you know, like, I don't know, I didn't want to risk the prayer. And then eventually we actually have an emergency landing, land back at the, uh, the airport. Uh, firefighters come from the back, run to the front. They get us off the plane. And I know I said it's on fire. Hang on, we're almost there. And so then we get off the plane. We have to get another flight the next morning so we have to spend the night somewhere. But we didn't have any money growing up, so we did not stay at a hotel or a motel. We stayed in an hotel. Like, oh, my gosh, we have to stay here, okay? And so it was super messed up. And so we wake up the next morning. We have breakfast, and we're watching the news, and it says breaking news. And it was like a local news channel says, a plane in this area last night caught on fire. And we're like, that is crazy. That would have really sucked. Foreshadowing. Okay. And so then, then we're like, we're watching this and they're like, okay, it was, it was last night. It was in this airport that we were at. Like, that's crazy. How did we not hear about this? And then they said it was a Spirit Airlines flight. We're like, we, we already knew that. Okay. And so then they'd say that. And then it says the flight number on the screen on the news. And then we looked at our tickets from the night before and we realized it was the same flight. It was our plane. And the cockpit of our plane had literally caught on fire. Uh, some wires got corroded, causing sparks, causing flames. So the, the cockpit was on fire. And needless to say, for many years, I did not like to fly. Not that day, not ever. Uh, man, so for years, I would, like, I would do anything to avoid flying. This is real. My dad even had these ideas of going on father-son trips. 
It'd be just the two of us. And one time he was like, hey, we're going to go to California. But in Michigan, that's a long drive. I was like, that's like five days of driving. He's like, no, we're, we're going to fly. And I was like, oh, we're, we're not going. I'm like, I got a date. He's like, you've never had a girlfriend. I'm like, that's rude, but it's fine. And so then we, we move on. And I, I lived, this is real. This happened. My dad had a plan. He had it planned for, paid for, and was prepared for it. And yet I convinced my dad for us not to go on that trip. And it never happened. And here's what happened to me is that my anxiety kept me from going the places my father was wanting me to go. And I have a weird feeling this morning that there are some of us, many of us maybe, that our anxiety, maybe our past traumas, are keeping us from going the places our heavenly father is calling us to go. So what we're going to do for a couple moments this morning is we're going to kind of walk through this. How does Jesus help us out? How does Holy Spirit invite, you know, have a, a way in us as a comforter? And at the end of service tonight, we're going to, or this morning, we're going to do a couple moments of guided prayer time to kind of go through this. And so here's what I've realized so oftentimes in that moment, man, I was on a plane that was crazy, but oftentimes things that happen to us create things that happen within us. Man, some things that man happen to us create things that happen within us. And oftentimes when we have these moments, we become these hurt people from these hurtful events. And what we happen is, I hear this all the time, is that hurt people hurt people. But with Jesus, free people, free people. So I want us to move from hurt people hurting people to free people who free people all over this place. And so, man, we're going to have a really uh, amazing time. But we have to understand something about being hurt from our past is this, is that oftentimes our hurt can look a lot like brokenness. But just because you're hurting doesn't mean you're broken. Just because you're hurting doesn't mean that you're broken. God wants to repair. God wants to do this. And, and, as, and as we kind of talk about trauma, anxiety, and depression for a little bit, let me say something very clearly to you. Anxiety, depression, trauma is not demonic, okay? It's not demonic. Actually, it's pretty human. Uh, whenever we feel anxiety, what it really is, it's like the alarm clock that I need to be getting closer to God. Man, so many times I've had it where I've had anxiety, whether it's flying or, or driving or certain things in my life, and I tell people that I'm anxious, and people all the time would come up to me like, oh, you just got to, man, you just got to cast out that demon in your life. And can I be real with you? Maybe sometimes it's a devil, but oftentimes we are our own worst devil. Man, oftentimes we're our own worst devil because it's my thoughts that are guiding me down this path, man, and we end up giving the devil credit for things that we do to ourselves. But what if we just stop doing it entirely? Because here's what I love. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says this. It says that we have the ability to take over these thoughts. It says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Man, I love that we have, the Bible says that we have the ability to do so. And then here's another passage about how we do so. Because anytime when I'm anxious, anytime I'm worried, usually you know what I'm thinking of? Of what could be true. What could be. I'm always worried about what could be. And maybe if I can be real with you, sometimes when life is going the best, I worry the absolute worst. And here's, here's what I love, though, what the Bible says, and something that's going to really be helpful for us. Philippians 4, 8, you've probably heard this, but it says this, summing it up, my friends, you will do best by filling your mind and meditating, focusing on things that are true. Someone say true. Yeah, focus on things that are true. Man, things that are noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things 
to curse. I love this because this right here can be our guide anytime you have a spike of anxiety of those past experiences that you've had as you ask yourself this biblical question, what is true? What is true right now? And then I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what is true, not what in the worst case scenario could be true. Because there's so many things that could be, but with God, I don't want us to focus on what could be. I want to focus with God on what should be. Is that I can have a calm mind and I can have peace. But I don't know about you, but what I love about Jesus is that I can relate to Jesus when I'm anxious and when I'm having these moments, and Jesus relates to us. There is this one verse that is the easiest to memorize, and if you want to feel like a good Christian who knows the Bible, this is the one to memorize, all right? Because then you can say, I know the Bible. And so it's two words. It is Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. And I've heard this phrase. I've heard this moment so many times, and the context before Jesus says this is this. Jesus is hanging out, and all of a sudden, Mary and Martha, his friends, come to him, and they say, hey, our friend, your friend, our brother Lazarus is sick and is going to die. Jesus, we need you to come through. We need you to do something. And they're freaking out. They're begging Jesus to do something. And Jesus responds to their plea. And he says this in John eleven four. He says, this sickness will not end in death. Although Jesus is, is fully man, but he's fully God, and he is all-knowing. So he is not just wishing, he is not just prophesying what will be, he knows what's going to happen. And he says, this will not end in death. So then they end up making their way, their journey to Lazarus, but by the time they get to Lazarus, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And I don't know about you, but if I'm one of the believers of Jesus following him, I'd be pretty confused and maybe perpetually frustrated because Jesus, you said it was going to be okay, but right now our friend Lazarus is dead and it definitely doesn't feel very okay. It doesn't feel okay to me. And, and they get to where Lazarus is. He's been dead for four days. Jesus gets to the tomb of Lazarus. And then this famous moment happens is that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And I think so many of us, we think like, man, that's kind of a crazy thing even to do publicly. And so many of us, we try to almost push down our emotional responses sometimes. Sometimes we would try to shove it down as deep as possible so at the worst time ever, it's all just going to explode and it's going to hurt everybody around us. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. But today we're going to have free people who free people. And so Jesus is weeping, but I love this. It says that right after he weeps, it says the people saw him weeping, and they said this, see how he loved him. And what I love this, by Jesus feeling his feelings, being real with himself, is that people actually saw Jesus' humanity, that it's okay to not be okay. And this morning, let me tell you, my friends, it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to be not okay forever. It's okay to not be okay, but you can't be that way forever. And so then what I love, if you kind of know how the story goes, is then Jesus, he weeps, but then he calls his friend out, Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, get out. Lazarus is raised from the dead, comes back to life, and they're all having the best time, and it's amazing. But my question was this. If Jesus knew it was going to be okay, why was Jesus weeping? Like, why, why would Jesus cry if he knew it's going to be okay? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me until I kind of started understanding this, is that even though Jesus knew it was going to be okay, he wept when it wasn't currently okay. 
And I think what Jesus does in this moment, he gives us permission to say it's okay to feel how you feel. It's just not okay to feel that way forever. Man, Jesus knew it was going to be okay, but Jesus shows us this. And the model of this, of how, how do we move past these hurts, these traumas, these anxieties, is this as we kind of go through this real quick, is, this, is that, man, is understanding that hurt is not the same as being broken. You have to focus on what is true, and then you have to invite Jesus in. You got to invite Jesus in. You know, I remember a while ago when I was in high school, I, um, I was helping my dad carry a desk from the, from the main floor into the basement of our house, carrying a desk from the, base, or from the main floor to the basement. And I was, I, you know, I didn't do a lot of sports in life, but I did one sport, an extreme sport in this moment. I wore socks while walking down the stairs, okay? And so, uh, pretty intense stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm carrying this desk with my dad with socks on. I fall, I break my ankle, I scream out in pain, and uh, my family, we don't really deal with pain really well physically. And so my dad's like, let's get the emergency room, or we're going right now. I'm like, God, I, I, God, please help me. Dad, call 10 ambulances, like whatever we gotta do. My dad's like, let's chill out. And then we go to the, we go to the emergency. I have my arm wrapped around my dad. I'm limping into the hospital. I get into the hospital and I sit in a wheelchair and uh, we take x-rays, figure all this out. And I'm like, okay, like, all right, let's do this. The doctor comes in and I'm like, before he can say anything, I'm like, doctor, just give it to me straight. Am I ever going to walk again? <laughs> and, he, and he's, I love that you laughed at me, but we ain't there yet. Okay, chill out. Okay. And so here's what I love though. The doctor's like, he's like, man, you can, he's like, you can walk. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank God he's a believer. You know, he believes in miracles. And he's like, not only can you walk, you can walk right now and you can walk out of here. And I was like, wow, he's a real believer. Like, his, and he's like, I'm like, wow, thank you so much. I love that you love Jesus like this, but what's the next step? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, we have something, you have something going on in the medical community, what we call is a sprained ankle. And I'm sitting there in a wheelchair with my sprained ankle, and he's like, yeah, you can leave. And I was like, okay. And so then I start wheeling myself out, and the doctor's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm leaving. You said I should leave. He's like, no, but we need that wheelchair for people who actually need it, which I thought was a little rude, but it's fine. But here's what I realized with anxiety, with trauma, and this kind of silly story, is when I was in the wheelchair, I wasn't in the wheelchair because I was broken. I was in the wheelchair because I was hurting. And our hurt can often seem and look like brokenness. It can look a lot worse than what it really is. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't feel bad. Man, it still feels bad. But let me say this. Man, your feelings being real and your feelings being true can be radically different. Man, you can feel really hurt today, but that real hurt doesn't have to necessarily mean it's true. It could be that you believe something that ain't even true about it. And so what I want us to do, I'm going to kind of teach us through something real quickly, and then we're going to pray through this teaching as my friend on the keys to make his way up. What we're going to talk through is this, is understanding how we move forward with Holy Spirit helping us out. Because we have to deal with this, because Matthew 5, 4, Jesus says this, he said, blessed are those who mourn, those who deal with it, for they shall be comforted, and Holy Spirit is the one who's going to comfort us today and every day. So here, I'm going to kind of walk through this teaching real quick, and then we're going to pray through it is this is every time that we have an event, man, every time we have these traumas, it often and always starts with an event. And if you're taking notes, this is the thing to take notes on. There's gonna be a circle on the screen. And the very first thing that we always have is an event. So for me, the event was this, is that I was on a plane that was on fire. Now events happen, I don't want them to happen, but they still happen. Why? Because we live in a fallen world where bad things happen no matter how good or bad you are. Events just happen. So for me, I was in a plane that caught on fire. Uh, that shouldn't happen, but it happened. 
And maybe for you, maybe at one point you were in a relationship uh, and it failed really badly. Maybe you were in a relationship that had a really bad failure to it. Uh, and then with every uh, event, what often happens, whether it's for ourselves or that the enemy does this, is that then we start believing a lie about the event. So we go from an event and we believe a lie about it. So I'm, I'm on a plane that caught on fire, and the lie I believed was this, is that planes aren't safe, which statistically is not even close to true. And if I'm really honest and vulnerable with you, Maker Church, is this, I wasn't just saying that planes aren't safe. The deeper lie I believed about myself is that, man, God isn't gonna keep me safe. Like, I'm not, I'm not safe. I'm not safe unless I have all of the control. And then it starts all these control issues because here's what happens when we have an event Man, maybe for you, is you, you had a relationship that ended poorly, and then you believe a lie that says this, this is always going to happen. Maybe the lie you believe is that this is always going to happen. People are always going to hurt you. And then when we have these lies, what we end up doing is the next step we almost always do is then we create a defense around the lie. We will do anything in our power to avoid feeling these feelings to avoid these things happening again. So, man, I was on a plane that was on fire. I believed I wasn't safe. So the defense I had was that I'm gonna take control of my life. I'm like, I don't need God to have control. I'm gonna have control. And my defense was this. I'm just never going to fly. I'm never gonna fly anywhere. I'm just not gonna fly. And maybe, maybe for you, if the, the event was this, is you had a relationship that failed really badly and the lie you believe it, it's always gonna work out like this. It's never gonna work out. It's gonna fail. The, the, the defense you might have is you might, man, you might be pushing people always away. You might keep people at his arm's length distance because you don't want to let anyone in because the lie you believe is that they're always going to hurt you. And then after we have these defenses, what always happens is there's a reaction to the defense. And so for me, I was on a plane that was on fire. I believed a lie that I'm not safe on a plane or even by myself. Uh, and then the defense was, I'm not going to fly. So the reaction is this. I didn't go the places my father was calling me to go. And it was a really, really weird life for a really long time, for like 10, 15 years, until I prayed how we're going to pray in a moment. And was, I went from a hurt person with hurt things everywhere to a free pe person trying now even this morning to free other people. And here's, here's the other kind of example, and I, I kind of feel this. There might be some people like this. Maybe the event you've had is you had a relationship go poorly and may, and in your past, but maybe you're married now. And the lie you believe is this, is that you have to have a backup plan that you have to have a backup plan for your marriage or for God's calling on your life. Man, and, and that's the lie many people can believe. And then here's what happens is the defense, when you believe you need a backup plan, the defense is this, I'm gonna have a backup plan. Man, for your marriage, you might think about that person from back in high school that you can always reach out to and they'll always take you in case your marriage falls apart. Or maybe you have, you, you've heard from God, it's planned for you, but you got this side thing in the background and there's nothing wrong with side hustles unless it's the backup plan to God's plan for you. And then you know what happens is the reaction to this. Man, if you believe that you need a backup plan for your marriage, you will always end up needing it. Because if you end up having a relationship that failed and you believe it's always gonna fail, and then you say, hey, there's always that backup plan back in the day, your marriage will fall apart. Why? Because you had a backup plan. Man, the plans of God, man, can so easily be interrupted by our backup plans of ourselves. And you know what ends up happening? Here's a great indicator if you're in one of these kind of these cycles of over and over again, is if you say this phrase, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. 
don't know if you're like me. I used to say that all the time. I'd get on a plane because I still had to fly occasionally. And the, the plane would start kind of having turbulence. And all of a sudden in my mind, all I would say is, man, I knew I shouldn't have gone on this plane. I knew this would happen. Even though in reality, nothing's really going wrong, but my thoughts are leading me to a place that God doesn't want me to go. And man, I would have these moments all the time. And oftentimes that phrase of I knew this would happen is an indication that you have a self-fulfilling prophecy over your own life. You're saying, hey man, this marriage is gonna fall apart. This plan of God is gonna fall apart. If you're always looking for things to fall apart, you will probably make it fall apart. And then when you're hurt, you're gonna hurt your own plan. But what I want this morning is for us to be free people who free people. And we're gonna pray through this. And here's why I want us to pray through this. Because some of us have events, man, when we were little, or maybe even just a little bit ago. But here's the thing I believe for many of us, maybe in the room. Maybe for some of you, the event was this. You were hurt when you were six years old. But the problem is, is you never healed from that hurt. And so you were hurt when you were six, but now you're 46 and you still hurt like a six-year-old. Man, some of you were hurt when you were a kid. You never dealt with it. And now you're, now you're an adult, but you still hurt like a child. Where all of a sudden, someone will say that one thing to you, and it'll set you off. And no one has any idea where that came from. But where it really came from is somewhere in your past that you never dealt with. So this morning, what I want us to, in a healthy way, do is I want us to invite God in to those past moments so that we can be free people who free people. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to pray for a good five or seven minutes in this place. But I want us to do this. If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. I want our focus not to be on me. I want it to be on Jesus because he's the one who's going to walk you through this. Holy Spirit is the one who's going to comfort. He's the one who's going to be there for us in this moment. And for some of us, this might be really a unique way of praying. It might be a little bit different. And here's what, here's what I know. The first couple parts of this can be really difficult. But by the end, I promise you, if you will trust God and kind of follow me for a moment, it ends in radical process of freedom. And so here's what I want us to do with every head bowed and every eye closed this whole time. Man, I'm not going to have you come up. I want you to kind of learn how to do this where you're at. Because some of us, you know what we need to learn? We need to learn how to pray where we're at. And so the first thing I want us to kind of do in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed is to ask this question. Holy Spirit, what is the thing you want me to deal with? What is the anxiety, the depression, maybe the trauma? What is it you want me to deal with? Or if you know what it is, I bet a lot of you do, you can tell God, this is the thing I want to deal with. This is the trauma I want to deal with. This is the anxiety I want to deal with. And so for every one of these, I'm going to give us a couple moments for you to have your own moment because this isn't about me leading you. I just want to kind of coach you through this because I've done this for myself. And now I fly all the time. And now, man, I don't have to be anxious in anything, but with prayer and supplication, I let my request be known to God and he wants to free you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're just going to say, hey, Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to deal with? Or Holy Spirit, this is the problem I want to deal with. This is the anxiety. This is the thing. Or maybe you're even like, man, I don't even know how to describe this thing, but it feels like there's this thing over my life that's been clouding every area. I'm going to ask this every time, uh, just so I know where the room is at. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're able to identify either to God or from God that issue you want to deal with this morning for just a couple minutes, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know where the room is at. Can you just raise your hand just so I know where the room is at? Awesome, 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 awesome. All right, you can put your hands down. So the next thing is this. So the first thing is this. You know, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to deal with? Or this is what I want to deal with. And then the next thing is this. And this can be really difficult for some of us, but I promise you on the other side of this is amazing. 
And the next thing is this is, God, would you show me where this feeling started? Would you show me where this started? Would you show me the place? Would you show me the moment? And some of us, this can be really hard because we've tried to kind of throw this away. We've tried to throw the event away, but the side effects are still there because we never really dealt with this with God. So what is it you want me to deal with or what do you want me to, here's what I want to deal with. And then the second thing is this, would you show me where this started? Would you show me where this started? And with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's no win or lose in this moment. I just want to know where the room is at so I can kind of vibe out the room. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know where the room is at, if you're able to identify that place where this has started in you, can you just raise your hand so I know where the room is at? Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, cool. And you can totally take your time with this. So God, what do you want me to deal with? Man, would you show me where this started? And then the next thing is this, and I, I kind of love this. It gets better and better at every step here. Just a couple more is this. I want you to do this. I want you to say this. God, would you show me, like Jesus, would you show me that you were in the room? Jesus, would you show me that you were in that place? Because for many of us, we would never believe that he would ever be in a place like that. Because what happened was bad, was awful, was evil. Man has been messing you up for years or decades. But let me tell you, Jesus being in the room, he wasn't watching it happen. He was there with you as it happened. He's never going to leave you. And so in this moment, if you can kind of picture as you pray, I want you to kind of almost see Jesus in the room with you. Because in a moment, we're going to kind of deal with Jesus for a couple moments. So Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to deal with? Or here's what I want to deal with. Would you show me where this started? And now, would you show me, Jesus, that you were in the room when this happened, where this happened? And with every head bowed and every eye closed, it just helps me out to know where, I'm, where we're praying at this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're able to kind of picture Jesus or understand that he could have been there in that room, can you just raise your hand so I know where the room is at? Okay, 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 okay. Awesome, awesome. And then, and then the next thing is this, and we got just like a couple more of these, is the next question is this. I want you to ask Jesus this question. What is the lie I believe about this place? What's the lie I've been believing about this place? Or maybe if you want to be so bold, you can ask the question I've had to ask myself and ask God is this. What's the lie I've been believing about myself because of this place? So what is the lie? Because the thing, when we go through this, we might think that the event is the problem. The event is not the problem. The lie is the problem because it creates all these other things. So Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to deal with? Would you show me where this started? Would you show me, Jesus, you are in that place. And now, would you show me, would you tell me what is the lie I've been believing about this place? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're doing everything awesome. I know for some of us, this might be the longest prayer time you've had in a long time. But God wants, he wants to walk you through this because he loves you. He loves you in your pain. He loves you in your promise. He loves you in all of it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know where the room is at, and this is really helpful for me, is this. If you're able to kind of identify the lie you've been believing either about the place or about yourself, can you just raise your hands just, just so I know where the room is at? Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, and you can take your time with this. All right, just a couple more things, but here's a kind of, as we're praying, I want you to pause and ask yourself a question. What if that's not true? What if that's not true? 
What would that change for you if that wasn't true? I think it would change everything. Because so many of us, we have had our identity based on something that was an identifier. We have been our whole identity. We say, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm broken. But you are more than the lie you've been believing about yourself. And so the next, there's just two more things we're going to do. And the next thing is this. I want you to give Jesus the lie. I want you to give him the lie. I want you to hand him every part of it, whether it's the part of you. Man, for some of you, it might be your whole self because you've been believing. It's been such a big lie that you've made it a part of you. And let me tell you, my friends, God has something better for you at the end of this. So right now, I'm going to give you like another minute and a half for this because this might be, this may be hard for some of us because we're so attached to the lie we've been believing about ourselves that we believe it actually is ourselves. But Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would unveil to us the lie and help us to separate myself from the lie of the enemy and the lie I've been believing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to, I'm going to get off the microphone for just a minute. But I want you in your own way just to hand Jesus the lie. You might be like picturing yourself handing it over to him. You might kind of tell him that you're giving it to him. I don't know what it looks like for you in your situation, but I know this. Jesus gladly wants to take it. Jesus didn't just get on the cross to die for your sin. He also got on the cross to die for the side effects of sin. Man, these, these moments, these feelings. So Jesus, I give you the lie. every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know where the room is at. If you're able to kind of start that process of handing that over to Jesus, just even starting that process with every head bowed and every eye closed, can you just raise your hand just so I know where the room is at? Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay. We're going to hang out just here for just a minute. Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to deal with? Or this is what I want to deal with. Would you show me where this started? Would you show me, Jesus, that you were in that room would you then tell me what is a lie I've been believing about this place or I've been believing about myself because of this thing? And now I want to hand that over to you. And as we're praying, may I, for years, for literally like 15 years of my life, I refused to fly. I would be so anxious. I would have to do all of these different things to just kind of try to get over it and all of these just unhealthy responses to my unhealthy behavior, my thoughts. And then I gave it to Jesus and everything changed for me. It wasn't an instant. Now for some of us, it might be, it might feel like an instant weight lifted off us, but man, it started this process because healing, man, sometimes it's a one-time event. We see that all the time, praise Jesus. But oftentimes healing is a process, not just an event. So Jesus, I hand you the lie. And the last thing is this, the last thing is this. With every head bowed, every close, if we're just focusing on Jesus, just for another two minutes, is this. If we hand Jesus the lie, start that process of handing over those lies, the only thing that makes sense to do is to get a new truth from Jesus. So Jesus, would you tell me a new truth? And it's only going to be positive, affirming, loving, and kind, because that's who he is. He wants to empower you. He wants to love on you. He wants to comfort you. Man, and I pray right now that the presence of God would just almost like wrap you up like a weighted blanket, that you would feel his peace upon you. 
man, that you would, you would sense, man, that he loves you like crazy, man, because he loves you like crazy. I love that you've been in this teaching of going through the parables of the stories Jesus teaches us. But so many of us have these stories and parables that we've been talking about ourselves that aren't even true. So God, I give you the, the story that's a lie about myself. May I give you, man, the wrong story. And God, I pick up your story for myself. I give you the new truth you have for me. And here's my thing. Here's what I know. Jesus wants to give you a new truth. It might be a next step of direction for your life, but I believe a lot of you, what do you just want? He wants to speak something about your identity, that he's proud of you, that he loves you, that you are on purpose, that he is glad that you are alive. He's glad that you never took yourself out. Man, that he is so happy that you are here because you were made for something great. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to get off the mic for another minute and a half and just give you this time just to hear from Holy Spirit. And if this is new for you, man, this is how Holy Spirit wants to talk to you all the time. He wants to specifically speak to you because he specifically loves you. So Holy Spirit, what does he want me to deal with? Would you show me where it started? Would you show me that you were there? Would you tell me the lie I've been believing? I hand you the lie and the last thing we're doing here, I want a new truth. I want a new truth about myself and about that situation. about never I close just so I know where the room is at if you're able to kind of grasp onto a new truth can you just raise your hand so I know where the room is at awesome, 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 awesome. and for some of us we're starting this today and you might hear more about it every 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 day but I want us just to step into this process and here's what I want us to do as we're in this process, as we're giving things to God, as we're receiving things from God. Here's what I want us to do. If you're physically able to, can you all stand to your feet? If you're physically able to, could you just stand to your feet in this kind of prayer moment? Here's what I want us to do. I want us to kind of worship God from a different perspective, a perspective of giving God our pain and also giving God a new truth. I'm going to come back and, and pray us out afterwards uh, and kind of do one more thing with us. But I'm going to have the worship team kind of just kind of guide us through a song, kind of as we can worship God from a different perspective of us giving God our pain, giving God the lies, and also worship God from that place of getting a new truth from Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Waymaker Podcast. To simply connect, or if this message ministered to you and you would like to support the ministry, you can simply go to waymakerchurch.org.